you are cordially invited to the manor in the woods, where an evening of discussion is being held by the O'Brien siblings. Catherine, the encyclopedia, Carolyn, the bookworm, Madeline, the wild card, and Mackenzie, the eclectic. Join them in the study where there will be talk of murder, robbery, deception, and conveniently cloaked figures. So get cozy, pour yourself a cuppa, and join us for mostly murder. But sometimes not. Hello, people. This is Mostly Murder, But Sometimes Not, a podcast where uh, us siblings talk about murder things. Uh, but sometimes not murder things. And who are you? I'm Carrie. I'm Katie. Ah, oh, Carolyn. <laughs> and I'm Mac. Okay. Is that your NPR voice? Welcome to Mostly Murder. That's sometimes not. This is Okay. The joke so, is that yeah, this time, soft. I got okay. it. I got it. It's, it's really very great funny. and really funny, and everybody <laughs> enjoyed it. Great job, Mac. Definitely didn't think it was a tech problem at all. <laughs> Ooh, I'm just realizing I forgot to write down an important name. Do you want help? <laughs> um. So Teddy and Thea. What's their last name? Dimas. D i m a s. Ah, there is a Demo Donuts that's close to me, and I was like, hmm, I don't think Demo is the name. So, Demas? D-I-M-A-S, yes. Demas. We can cut this out. All right. No, I don't don't think so. Remember, I had Um, to do for the PBS, I had to literally write down everyone's name. So, I had the IMDB open a lot. So, the show follows three strangers. Wait, you didn't even name the show. Yeah, I did at the beginning. I don't think you did. Do it again. Why not? Okay. Well, the show is only, uh, mostly, damn it, it's really hard. (laughs) Only Murders in the Building uh, is the name of the show. And it follows three strangers, Charles, Oliver, and Mabel, played by Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez, who share an obsession with a true crime podcast. After the murder of Tim Kono in the Arconia, their swanky apartment building, the three neighbors decide to start their own podcast covering their investigation of the murder. The episodes link the residents of the building together and bring up the death of Mabel's friend Zoe from 10 years before. They navigate the relationships in their lives, including Charles' leap back into dating with Jan, a bassoonist who also lives in the building, a romance with Mabel and Oscar, the friend who was framed for Zoe's death, and Oliver with his somewhat estranged son, will uh through their sleuthing they discover that their sponsor teddy dimas and his son theo have a black market jewelry bills business and were responsible for zoe's death and oscar's imprisonment eventually they find charles's girlfriend jan killed tim kono for breaking up with her the season ends with the discovery of bunny the arconia's lead board member and the arrest of the three protagonists Dun, dun, dun. Spoiler alert. So succinct. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a whole season. Yeah. So it was hard, and I did use Wikipedia. I felt <laughs> like I was cheating on my homework, <laughs> um, but that was kind of my, my vibe this week. We allow it here, so don't worry. I think they yeah. allow it in schools now. 
my copying and pasting from wikipedia oh no 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 but like in grad school i was told like don't cite wikipedia but use wikipedia to familiarize yourself with a subject and then go to those sites on wikipedia so every time you read a sentence you are like this is useful you hit you click the little blue thing and it brings you to the article where the information is from no i was doing this with less than an hour to spare so this was copy (laughs) and paste with a few got it uh like i switched out some murder uh some words some words to be more mad yeah there was a a quote that i think really applies to the four of us which is teachers will say you can't use wikipedia because it's unreliable and then give you a 50 year old textbook yeah 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 speaking of i feel like that um what kind of pertains to us is just that this was very meta for us to watch right yeah it was so much fun like i was watching this over the last three days and then i got to that episode where the yard dogs were talking about their subscribers and mac had texted me like the day before it was like how many subscribers do we have and i was like Mac, is that why you texted her? I texted it because at some point they said uh, Only Murders in the Buildings had 17 subscribers, which at the point, suck it, Steve Martin, we've got approximately 29. We use Anchor, so we we can't tell who's subscribed. We just have, like, listens. Well, they have, like, it's interesting. I guess that's inside baseball. But it's like, these are the people who listen to it this week. But these are the this is the average number consistently by week, which yeah, is usually it a little doesn't bit matter. Less. It was just really funny no. that like, but Mac, that's the, why you texted the, her, right? That is a thousand percent aspect. why I texted. I wanted Good. to see how we. <laughs> I, I, I apparently they have an older celebrity there, which did help them like boost their numbers eventually. But I mean, if we got Henry Winkler on here, we would soar right up the charts. You know, he's an Emerson College alumni. There's your connection. Do you think we could get... Aw, damn. Because you see, they also met up with Cinda or whatever, and Mm -hmm. that also gave them a boost. Mostly murder, but sometimes Fonz. (laughs) I wonder if Fonz was ever blamed for murder. Katie, the show's called Happy Days. (laughs) Is there murder in Happy Days? There were maybe. Have you ever watched a single episode? Not a full one. There you go. I feel like I've seen maybe two episodes of Happy Days in my life, and I one of them had Mark, so I'm not sure that counted because it had an alien in it. They lived not. their lives. <laughs> yeah. And maybe died their deaths. Dun, Sunday, dun, dun. Monday, Happy Days. Okay, no. Tuesday, Wednesday. So... <laughs> <laughs> Um, I I don't think there's a murder in, but there is a novel by somebody named James Boise called Who Killed the Fonz, which is basically like, what if there was murder in Happy Days? Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But anyway, um, so none of us has seen this before because it is new. Yeah, and now all of us have seen all of it done with <laughs> our history. Um, And I don't know. What do you guys think about it? I really enjoyed it. I think it was very good. Let's talk about the three main characters. Okay, first of all, the name Mabel is making a comeback. We have our cousin, Mabel. Yeah. Katie's friend's baby. My my friend's my best friend's baby is now Mabel. We did an episode on Gravity Falls a while back. 
Mabel yep. and Dipper. True that. Now this Mabel. I loved how I was just gonna say I loved the reaction of uh Charles and Oliver when she was like, My name's Mabel, and they were like, Really? What? <laughs> That was fun. I was interested to come into this because Steve Martin and Martin Short have a rapport that's been there for decades. You know, mm-hmm. they've worked together. They've done things like Three Amigos or even like, wasn't he in Father of the Bride? Like, yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they, they have an established chemistry together from their decades of working together. So I was really curious to see how a brand new young female person would like fit into the dynamic. And it was weirdly seamless. Yes. It was like, really fun. Their chemistry was really fast. And I wonder, I mean, I don't know a ton about Selena Gomez. She was a little bit, I was a little bit too old when she came on the scene. Like, she was she a Disney or a Nickelodeon person? She was Disney. 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 She was on was the Wizards, Wizards of Waverly Place. Oh, yeah. I did watch that, actually. Sometimes. Not, like, regularly, but. Okay. So. Was she in a camp movie? No, that was camp Demi Rock? Lovato. That might have been. Uh, I get her and Demi Lovato mixed up constantly because I was just a little old when they were like around. Yeah. And they were both, they both, I feel like, became popular around the same time. Yeah. And yeah. they're both like dark hair singers. They're of an age. Yeah. About my age. Right? I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She literally, I looked her up because I wanted to know her age. And compared to them, and she's um, born the same year as you. And cool. Steve Martin, I forgot to look up Martin Short. Steve Martin. Is born the same year as you. Yeah, old. He is 76. Because I also did want to know the age difference between him and Jan, and then Jan and Tim. Yeah. Which is almost the same. Oh, it's really? It's kind of wild. Oh, that's that incredible. That. The woman who plays Jan is 23 years younger than Steve Martin, and she's about 25 years older than the kid who plays Tim Kono. Maddie, was it well, weird for you to hear the name Tim over and over again in this context? A little bit. But they've yeah. always ended it with Kono. Yeah, that was very... Yeah, he's always Tim Kono. More often. Yeah, that, yeah. that's true. I told Tim, I was like, you're going to hear your name a lot. But you're not allowed to come in and talk to me. <laughs> good, so, good job. One of the That's major, funny. one of the major themes in these episodes is society's relationship to true crime, and true crime's relationship to, you know, actual crimes and crime solvers. Yes, I thought that was really interesting to explore in a comedy like this because oh, yes. Especially because recently there's been a lot of talk about tr- like online true crime solvers and where the energy goes in terms Couch of who sleuths who and... is kidded, who is killed, who is missing, mm-hmm. etc. With like what's happening with um, we know, yeah. So I liked that they talked about it in one of the episodes. I actually wrote the quote down because they talked about how I actually don't even remember who said this, but. A true crime story is true to someone, which I thought was really interesting to talk about in the context of the show, because Mabel, from the beginning, was part of this story, even though they didn't know 
when and they first started the idea. Didn't super know until the right. end of the first episode. So I thought that was really interesting to explore it from both those kinds of perspectives and Shh. to really look at like the fans becoming involved and helping. But because that happens in the world today, there are podcasts that have very serious armchair sleuths and there are people who have legitimately solved crime by volunteering their hours because a lot of police departments and detective departments don't have the manpower and incentive to just dig into stuff like this i was very concerned when i saw the fans getting involved just because like so i haven't actually watched the documentary myself but i have heard tell about uh netflix documentary called don't fuck with cats Basic gist is that a bunch of internet slews found videos of somebody, some guy who was abusing cats and thought that he might have been, you know, slowly working his way up to worse and worse crimes. And so a bunch of internet slews were trying to deduce who this person was. And they had a prime suspect. And they kind of ruined his life. And it wasn't until after the guy died by suicide that they found out he wasn't actually the right person anyway which is why i get concerned when it okay so one of my notes that i wrote down and it it was um when what was tina fey's character named again the like actual cinda cinda canning yes cinda canning the second canning cinda canning (laughs) the second she started saying but that's until the death came to them. Coming this fall, only murderers in the building. And I was like, oh, their lives are ruined regardless of anything. Because I, re- I didn't realize I had this fear until I saw the episode. I now have a deep-seated fear that I'm going to be the lead suspect in some true crime podcast. And thousands of people will be con- like immediately convinced of my guilt without any investigation. And no accountability for the person accusing me. Uh, And they do, like, jump to conclusions all the time and then put them on their podcast as they're jumping to them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they throw Sting under the bus immediately. (laughs) But I think for this context, they talk about the fact that they're the first one to do it to podcast as they're investigating. Yeah, but I I feel like that's kind of irresponsible. Oh, I'm not saying it is responsible but i'm saying a lot of true crime podcasts now as if they get popular are held to more of an accountability than these people would be because when they first start out with 17 people listening there's not going to be as much shot like pushback to be accountable whereas now like we've listened i only listen honestly to a few true crime podcasts really just like one or two but they get if they get stuff wrong or if they like they have they get in trouble you know like i think the part of the humor is the them podcasting as they go but then that invites a conversation about true crime and who gets hurt along the way there is an advantage though to the concept of hindsight when it comes to crime solving there's a reason we record this after we watch it and it's not just us giving a commentary track as we are watching like a murder mystery 
The commentary track would be very boring. At least this time we have time to editorialize and think of witty quips. I don't know. I like commentary sometimes. We could do the right person's doing it. Carrie, you're thinking very hard. (laughs) Well, I was going to make a point earlier and then I got cut off and I lost it for a minute and now I remember it. I think, Mac, you said being the like a lead suspect on a podcast would be very bad. Yes. Uh, I think it would be worse to be the lead suspect in like a homicide investigation. Yeah, yeah that'd be kind of bad. Yeah, no, but here's it's the pretty thing. bad. If, that, if was, that was the whole deal with the podcast serial. Like there was that that was kind of I think what really helped to push forward the true crime podcast genre the journalistic type right not yeah. necessarily just like but like i listened to some of those episodes a long time ago like i don't when know five happened. six years no not when it first happened um but like so you're you're following the story of the people involved and like there are so, there are people who are so convinced that the guy did it and then there are people who are so convinced that the guy didn't do it and like he's in prison now for the murder of this woman but like it's not just there's a there's a dual aspect there's the the podcast aspect and then there's the justice system aspect and i think being a a falsely accused person on either end would be bad. I I know. Why I'm glad we do fictional stories. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, uh, we felt a little weird doing the Zodiac. Uh, uh, But the reason why I think it'd be a, they're their own special kind of bad. Because on one hand, if you are accused by a detective, at the very least, there has to be some kind of evidence to your guilt. Or, I I was going to say, you also get representation. You also get representation. And my issue with true crime podcasting is as long as they don't directly accuse anybody of having committed a crime and they just say that they're suspect or they had opportunities or that perhaps something darker lies underneath. They can basically imply anything as long as they don't make any strict accusation. Cause I was trying to think anybody digging up anything on the four of us, they could immediately paint a very dark picture of our lives. And Speak there wouldn't for be yourself. Katie. I could probably think of something dark about you. Hey, do it, do it. Drag her through the mud! Katie O'Brien, living in isolation for years in the woods. (laughs) We all know that she can fabricate props, but how easily can she fabricate lies? I mean, that's pretty good. But Mac, for me, I think... I don't think there's a lot of true crime podcasts that are popular out there that are just willy-nilly blaming people. I think that there are people involved in things that they might throw under the bus or shade on, but like it's all depends on how you're presenting it. And I think one of the things that's been happening is it's being approached from two prongs. There's the journalistic prong, like that's sponsored by radio stations, like the last scene podcast about the Gardner heist. 
which is like trying to bring in all kinds of perspectives, but they definitely have their own idea of what happened. And then there's the like gossipy side, which has become popular with things like my favorite murder and whatever, which started out very much like just two people chatting. And now they have actual like researchers who help because they have been attacked and also just I act attacked is the wrong word, but kind of the right word, but also like pointed out that they get things wrong and they usually apologize. They're not perfect. I don't, there are things what they do with, but like a lot of podcasts similar to them do the same thing where their research is still coming from journalism and media. Yes. Carrie. Who did anyone else know that Nathan Lane was going to be in this? No, no. no. I had, he was a surprise. Yeah, I had no clue. And then when he shows up at the dinner party with the terrible wig on Martin Short. Ponytail, ponytail, uh, ponytail. <laughs> it was the worst. Uh, it was Hannibal Lecter all over I again. would literally, oh, I was God. thinking Hannibal. Because they're all sitting around at a dinner table and drinking out of crystal. And he's like presenting and... Splash. Like, yeah, you know. It was really... I'm so glad that he was in this. And I loved his whole character development like the monologue that he does about the coin and his grandma and yeah that went that got dark fast a cinematic uh, okay one of the only one of the one of the only pieces of media i've seen that referred to the armenian and 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 greek holocaust yes exactly like there it's it's just been like i think officially recognized by the i'm don't quote me on this but like the state's have officially recognized the Armenian genocide like this year or last year. And it was terrible. And the only reason I know about it is because there was a movie that Oscar Isaac was in about it. And I was like, this is horrible. I mean, I knew about it because of a mutual friend that I know we both have who makes posts about it on Instagram. We'll talk about that later. No, I saw the movie years ago. Carrie, I agree. I loved seeing people were saying because I I follow people who watch the show on Twitter and I tried to ignore it because I didn't start watching until Saturday. But like talking about it's so cool to see Nathan Lane play a bad guy. And I was like, I feel like I've seen him play a bad guy before or at least a neutral guy like in The Good Wife. Oh, he was so cute in The Good Wife. But I loved that it was like, I don't know. He's not a good guy. Because it, he has very mob tendencies, threatening Tim Kono like you didn't see anything, and if you did, but, Mabel's and also get it. literally stealing from the dead to sell jewelry on the black market is bad. But also the whole thing with his family and the history and his son and like his relationship with Theo was really one of my favorite parts to see. Very interesting. Yes. Maddie, was yeah. that what you were going to bring up earlier? Well, I was going to bring up the episode that had no dialogue. Yes. Well, no, no, no spoken spe- dialogue. No spoken dialogue yeah. yes. until the very end. Yep. And uh, I just thought that that was, I didn't really realize that that was what was happening until like maybe halfway through, maybe less than halfway, maybe like 10 minutes in. And I was like, oh, nobody said anything. And <laughs> I feel like they had to kind of move the story along more quickly in uh instead of having like these kind of like quippy back and forths that they had 
uh, in episodes previously. And I really, I really enjoyed how they did it. It was like how you have to do a silent movie. It's all physical and visual. That's such an interesting point, Maddie. I didn't think about that. That like, because the show is very quippy and it's a lot of conversations. It's about these people talking to each other. It's about podcasting. It's about interviewing. But with when you take that away and you just kind of have... And even in terms of ASL, there was actually not that much ASL either. So there's very little dialogue and nothing spoken. Yeah. And you don't... And by that time in the show... I mean, you haven't really found anything out that's of that much importance until like the fifth episode. Um, I mean, and, there are I things mean, introduced, like the things with the right. ring, the thing with Zoe. You don't know what's happening, you know, that's, with yeah. the jewelry. But they don't like start resolving anything. Yeah, and then, they don't yeah. start showing anything. They're developing. Yeah, they're developing things with the characters, with Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. Yeah. They're focusing on them and. Like their inner and inter, like relation relating, and yeah, the personal relationships. Yeah. Then there's the reveal of um, Selena knowing or Mabel knowing Tim and all of yeah. the jewelry and. I think, I think because the show had had established actors in it, I th- because you don't see higher concept episodes like this in the first season of a show usually. That you usually would save it. But I think that having such high, like, marketable people, plus that they um, had already kind of expanded the storytelling box, like, by using the theater and, like, the chorus line thing and, like, kind of using stuff like that allowed a more high concept. Bunny and Porky Pig. Yeah, like, having (laughs) these weird things allowed them to kind of do this. Did have any... Wait. I don't. I think I know the answer. Have any of you read the Matt Fraction Hawkeye series? No, some nope. of it. Okay. In it, Hawkeye is hard of hearing, and he wears hearing aids most of the time. And there's one. I think the issue is there's like twenty five or twenty six issues in the whole run, and around issue twenty, there's a whole issue that is has no words, and it's just some of it is ASL hand drawn but it's all told visually because i think i can't remember the story but hawkeye like lost his hearing aid so he couldn't hear anything so it was such a cool thing and obviously this is almost a very similar thing in terms of like living in a world of theo mm-hmm. but i just when it's i agree with maddie when it started happening it took me a while because i thought they were gonna like after the first so-called commercial break introduce dialogue again and then it kept going yeah same i have to say one of the most brilliant things they did with this episode is they took something that someone with a disability had to use to adapt lip reading and made it into something that was a unique skill that only he had access to because unless you bug someone's apartment it is near impossible to hear what somebody is saying 200 yards away but one person who can lip read and a pair of binoculars can he- hear anyone he can see. That was a lot of very rear window vibes. Right? Yeah. Of the quote, but, but like better because he could read lips. Yes. That was cool. That's, that's practically a superpower. 
And, and it I really... Have... One other thing I got to bring up about that episode. This show does such an amazing job giving personality to people that could otherwise just be straight, just shallow. Because you had... You know, Tim Kono, who could have just been, you know, this shallow, like, lawyer-esque dude, you know, somebody who works in finance. But then it turns out he was trying to bring down a diamond smuggler uh, who uh, whose son had committed accidental manslaughter against somebody. The diamond smuggler himself is a complicated character because he had an entire monologue about the victimhood of his own, of his own family, about how the fact that he named his illegal diamond like his illegal grave robbing operation after his grandmother, you can't even feel that bad. Uh, like even the person that we originally thought was just going to be trouble. Zoe. All I totally thought she was a fence. Exactly. All that we saw of her in the, in this show has just been, she used to be kind of like a sleuthy kid, but then she's just straight up a thief who like, Obviously, she was just using Oscar because she thought he was cute, but she said she wasn't going to wind up with, quote-unquote, the help. So, there's that. But then, also, making her... We even humanized her by letting her know ASL. She is one of three people in this show that knows how to talk to people who are hard of hearing. Do you know what I find interesting, though? Um... We've talked a lot about the Demises, the jewelry, and the Tim Kono of it all. And they had nothing, absolutely nothing to do with the killing of Tim Kono. No, which is so wild. It's so wild because it is a crime and it happened. And they just accidentally uncovered this black market jewelry smuggling thing. (laughs) But in terms of like the actual crime they were trying to solve, it had literally nothing to do with his death yeah like the fact that he had found that ring like the day before or something like that is a lot to me the green one you mean yeah like the one he was looking for yeah yeah that got taken by jan like okay let's talk about that mystery murder thing because there were tons of red herrings i don't think we need to talk excuse me about the jewelry red herrings as much Uh, anymore because we covered it a lot wait just one quick thing this is exactly what happened in an episode of pushing daisies do you remember that one episode the uh there was those the funeral director brothers oh my god yeah 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 Yeah. (laughs) steal the belongings of like the people that they bury yeah I feel like there's, this has happened a lot in a lot of shows where they blame it. There was like, I think there was a storyline like that on Six Feet Under. I, I think like it. they were blamed for stealing jewelry. I'm pretty sure there there was one on a... What, Mac? I have to admit one Columbo. very kind of bad thing. I don't think grave robbing is that bad of a crime. Maybe it's just because it's never happened to anybody I know of, but... if it's, I think digging up a grave and robbing it is not great. Because that's okay, that's defiling a body, but this is like intercepting it before it goes into the ground. The items that the people want to be buried with should go to their families. Like, the people who bury them shouldn't be like 
raking in all of these. There's a whole conversation to be had about being buried with things and Egyptian mummification and the Romans burying themselves with shit. And even the like medieval or not like bog people days. Like there's Wait, a whole... let's get into it right now. <laughs> well, I'm saying like we don't the have the entire time to course get into it. of the episode Our new again. <laughs> okay, okay. Yay or nay. Okay. So okay, there were just... a lot of times watching the show where I was like, I know what's going on. I know what's happened. Someone accidentally killed Zoe. I thought she was a fence for the jewelry thing. I thought Tim Kona was killed because of the jewelry thing. I do want to say I thought he may have been poisoned. The moment we found out the cat was poisoned. Yes. Obvi. Anyone Did, else? Yes. Cats are grody. They lick up anything. Of course it died by cats drinking his blood. people. The fact that the cat had gotten in after the death and gotten blood, bloody paw prints I, and then died of poison, I was like, clearly he was poisoned. So Obviously the cat, yeah. Oh my God, the scene with the frozen cat. Oh my God. <laughs> That Can I say great. Steve Martin so is still? I, they all they physical comedy is such an underrated skill. Yes, and I was reminded the... of it in the last episode with the elevator yes. stuff. Yes, <laughs> yes. I was and... gonna say in the last episode, I was waiting for Steve Martin to have like a physical comedy routine, <laughs> and I feel like he had like little things up to that point, but that mm-hmm. one was definitely like the scene for steve martin the solid scene oh yeah the thing with martin short when he runs up against the door also gold (laughs) yes (laughs) yes steve martin very funny steve martin made me chuckle a lot but the one time that i outwardly laughed was final episode jan's got a gun she's down in the basement trying to flood the entire building with gas steve martin stands up triumphantly (laughs) and gives to her a speech about the power of friendship and what it means to have people that you love in your life and then it cuts back to what's actually happening it's just he looked half poisoned. He's poisoned. Yeah. He looked hilarious in that little yes. scooter thing. Oh my god! <laughs> that that was okay. I didn't realize that Martin Short was was pushing around that stroller constantly without the dog in it. Oh yeah, I forgot that Will had the dog, and I didn't realize until the very end. I think because he had the microphone sticking yeah, out. Yeah, it was because he was that was wheeling it like, around boom? for the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but I was I didn't get it, and so when I saw him sitting in the little um, who just like stroller. strapped in like it was so funny uh, I'm a gl- i was always glad when i saw the microphone because the thing that annoyed me a little bit in the first half not in a bad way just in kind of like a eh, this could have been a little more clear way was i didn't know which conversations were being recorded for the podcast and which ones were just like them hashing out their shit I yeah. did wonder that. That would have taken so much time to produce. Like, there would have been so many hours of audio. Like, oh, for yeah. Martin Short to have done, uh, like, to have curated these episodes, it would have taken him a week per episode of yeah, solid they work. never. This never happened because, I mean, the sound quality alone of what they captured and, like, yeah. having to change, like, the levels of what they recorded on the phone versus what they recorded, like standing in a room, like 20 feet away from the microphone. Yeah. I feel as podcasters, amateur though we are, I had a lot of frustrations with, because I was like, okay, so you're putting out episodes without talking to people. You're recording things. Like I was like, Martin short, do you even know how to use any of this software? Like 
And also, though, is $35,000 way too much to support a pod? Like, even if you bought the highest quality microphones and software, I feel like that's still a little too much. Okay. I mean, they're famous people. If you're asking where the money went to, I mean, Martin Short took it so that it could pay his building fees. I guess. Um, Yeah. uh, the, The question still stands, though. I don't know if you'd pay $34,000 for a podcast without being able to prove. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends. There, He was buying space, basically, for... For his ads. For ads. But, like... I mean, obviously... There's a lot of things that people get paid for that, like, if you look just at the basis of time and equipment, it's way over that, you know? I guess. Okay. Anyway. I, I was like I not expecting the Jan of it all. Really? No, I didn't. Well, until the end. I mean. I had some vibe. I thought. The thing with when she was trying to redirect to Howard, I definitely thought somebody had something on her. But then in the second to last episode, like when she's like, fine. I was like, that's a little weird. I feel like the only way any one of us could have gotten this from the start is if one of us knew what a bassoon cleaner looked like. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a cat I, toy. I, say, so, I, I thought it was a cat toy, not a sex toy the moment I saw it. So like, that's why I, I was thinking it was Howard most of the time. Okay, but it, how would... It wasn't... Because, because I was like, some people are... are bonkers about their cats and if he thinks that someone insulted his cat if he thought that tim hurt his cat i thought it was a cat toy i thought that everyone brushing jan off about howard was like a thing because i was like no one wants to listen to her which means she's right what were you gonna say maddie and of course howard did his classic serial killer move leaving one of his cat toys in his victim's sex toys (laughs) and though i wanted to say that they talked about how um, Howard was a bad actor and he could always pick that out, you know, after he fainted. Remember, Martin Short was like, he's a bad actor, blah, blah, blah. I thought that was going to come back around. Yeah. So no. I didn't actually suspect Jan literally until the end of this, when when they revealed it, pretty much. I have to say, there was one point when I kind of, I kind of felt the same way that all the residents of the arconia did because i used to live in a neighborhood where there was a stray cat that would wander from house to house his name was memsab he was the color of sand and he was amazing and i probably (laughs) would have been sadder if memsab had died than one of my neighbors (laughs) (laughs) well yeah you talk to memsab not your neighbors yeah i know i i chat with memsab i was like hey what's up little buddy i love your weird egyptian name i'll leave out a little bit of food one of my notes was thinking it's Oscar's dad. I kind of thought that, oh, like, because he had, um, he was only in one scene though. Well, I know, but Oscar was wrongfully accused of murder and went to prison for ten years. Tim knew that Oscar didn't do it. Oscar's dad is around the building all the time because he's the super. Like, he could have heard, I thought maybe he would have overheard the conversation between Mabel and Tim. 
Like he was I just did have oh. that thought too because he also was uh I mean he has all the keys to every apartment too. So yeah. he has opportunity. So you thought Oscar's dad killed him, Chrono. Yeah. Well, I thought maybe he had more to do with it. That's not a well, bad I, conclusion to come to. Yeah, no. I thought he actually did it until Jan got hurt cuz or the Demises went away cuz I was like, well, now Yeah. that he wouldn't have any motive to continue. Did any of you think that Tim actually did take his own life? At one point, yeah. Like, I thought after the Demises went away, I was like, maybe he really did because of, of whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't... In the beginning, I was thinking possibly that was um, a thing because yeah. I feel like they focused a lot on how clueless they all were, kind of. Yeah. And I was like, what if this is just what the police originally thought? Yeah. Like, I, I didn't think it because of any specific reason in the show. I just thought it would be a twist. Yeah. The second I saw the first scene with the detective, I just got to thinking, I wonder if real life actual detectives are a little either annoyed or relieved at the sheer amount of true crime that there is out there. Because on one hand... Now, like every Tom, Dick, and Stanley thinks that they are a detective who's gonna crack this one with that one detail they missed. But on the other hand, a lot of people listening to true crime, like for one thing, young women just like the, the perfect quote came from Mabel in the first episode, which was, We binge Dateline to find out how to not end up on Dateline. And that is Alex's entire strategy for listening to true crime is just, okay. Never go here. If somebody seems like they need help, just leave them be because so many male serial killers wear fake casts and ask for help for stuff. Yeah. Um, I did have Mac, that thought, you, too. You watched... Uh, oh, God. What's the documentary? Uh, Michelle McNamara and the Golden State oh, Killer. Uh, I'll, I'll Be Gone, gone in the, the Dark? dark. Yep. Just like her they book. Interviewed a lot of former and current police people i think that on some level for modern stuff they do get annoyed because it muddles what they're actively investigating but on the other hand for things that are cold cases and things that have been on the back burner some of them have said like if you go through the proper channels to make sure that the we have chains of custody for evidence like that's why i was kind of annoyed at them for taking tim kono's box and stuff because i was like none of this can be admiss- admissible in court anymore yes or like, so i think be... that's the pro- that's the difference if it's a current case it should be left to people who have the ability to prosecute and collect evidence who are properly trained for the most part but yeah. for cold cases or things that are being overlooked I do think that there are people out there who can help solve. Like that's what the whole murder squad podcast is about is about bringing up cold cases and things that haven't been looked at because no one has time to look through 9,000 photos or whatever. Um, yeah. Like when Selena, when Mabel picked up the knife that they found in Jan's vent, I was like, oh, well yeah. now your fingerprints are on a knife that yeah, somebody that's... got stabbed with. That's not great. But back to your question, I think the people who get, more annoyed are the judges and lawyers who have people on a jury who think that they know everything oh yeah yeah oh yeah where I it's kind of like that yeah the, like the prosecuting lawyer is just gonna be like 
We have uh, video evidence of this man robbing the store. We have the man's confession for robbing the store. We have fingerprints on the weapon that was used to rob the store. We have testimony from all the clerks. And then there's the one guy that's like, But I saw a shadow in the corner of the security feed. So I'm going to hold up this jury for three days. Yeah. But what about the cat prints? (laughs) I mean, I would think what about the cat prints? Um, I do think one other thing we could talk about, or just mention before we go into notes, is the like very New York feeling of it all. That oh, was one of the fuck things. Because yes. I, on the on the one hand, I loved getting to know the neighbors. I love getting to know that kind of stuff. I do think that if you're looking at that building, there should have been a lot more people who are there, even if they have broken up them into condos so everyone has huge beautiful layouts of apartments oh my god kill me jesus yes. actually i <laughs> i did click on one article about where they shot this i know i'm not supposed to but i was too excited to learn about it it's a real apartment in new york city in the upper west side and the cheapest condo apartments are going for a couple million dollars of course so like of course the most expensive ones are like 12 million one of the things that was pointed out to me, like when this all started, when the show started airing, was how New York it was. Like that, there, it's really difficult to kind of nail down the atmosphere and like the feeling that you get of living in New York. And like, I haven't lived in New York, I've only been there like twice, and they were very short visits. Um, I was going to ask you, I think you're the only one here who's been to New York. And I feel like we've seen movies that take place in New York City. But I mean, I was feeling I was getting vibes of Nora Ephron a little. And then maybe like it it definitely look it is a lot cleaner on screen. (laughs) (laughs) Like they shot it there a lot. Yeah, yeah. The traffic and the noises outside of the building uh, made a lot of sense. Um, but the, I liked the um, car chase. Yes. He was like chasing them on foot and they just kept getting stuck in traffic. And then they, he stopped <laughs> and, and got pretzels and stuff. You got to stop and get a pretzel. And you got to know your pretzel guy. Yeah, yeah. But there were so many like little things that were really cool. Like the um, the font and then the art of like the of like the mu- um oh my god the titles that's all new yorker like i was gonna say it looked like a cover of a new yorker yeah well because it literally looked like they meant it to that (laughs) was like really fun and then there was an actress in this who for like the first couple episodes i thought it was actually fran Leibovitz, but bunny or uma uma yeah okay and i thought that was really fun um just the really fancy taxis that you saw in the end like one of them it probably wasn't a tesla but it looked like a tesla it was yeah really, that was cool it was a it was a new york of people who have money oh i think yes oh yes thousand i think for the most part it was a new york of people who have a lot of money even if like um oliver was having money problems like he still had this beautiful space and everything and yeah, yeah like okay if- the guy mentioned like hey oliver just sell your apartment and i was thinking that is probably like 
Charles mentioned that he and Oliver both got their apartments back like 30 years ago when they were affordable. Not like early he... 90s New York was right when they were starting to like gentrify everything. Yes. So they're probably technically millionaires if you include their apartments as part of their properties. Yes. Yeah. Which then makes me think, did Bunny have the right to evict somebody over a debt of what, like a a, a few thousand dollars? I don't I th- know. I think if you signed a contract to live in an apartment building like that, even if you own the apartment, you still have to ba- pay basically like HOA, like apartment fi- fees. And I think that it's a very, I think that's Fuck another thing, that Carrie. Noise. It's a very specific New York thing because no, a lot of people, you don't own your own house. Like, and some people who live there your whole lives in the same building, you're still paying dues to the building. Yeah. And one of the penalties of not paying those dues would be eviction. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he would basically been, if he's evicted, he's forced to sell the apartment. Because that doesn't seem like you could be like, I owed $4,000 and I couldn't pay it. So well, they took my million dollar home. If you don't pay your property taxes, can't they take your home? I mean, there's like, a Even process. if your home's paid off? There is That's a, a good question. I mean, it's the government. We have also never lived in apartments where we owned them. I've only we also, I've never lived in any place that I owned. <laughs> Same. Never have, <laughs> never will. I'll never uh, own anything. Hell world. This. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I think that was the last I had of like general concepts to talk about. I wrote right, some of well them then, down. Uh, so why we don't can go you to start your notes, Katie? Oh, okay. Do you want to start with me? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> I did really like the encounter with the fan in the beginning. Who talks about his dad who got ALS? And oh like, my god! I just thought that was very funny in terms of what an. Exp- a lot of times, I feel like that's a lot of celebrities' experiences, How real and it's it because was. people have this like relationship with celebrity, where they're like, "I'm going to tell you that I love you, and then I'm going to tell you the most devastating fact about me." <laughs> it's yeah, it's parasocial relationships. Yeah, which has been bandied around a lot because of podcasting, because. People have per- personal relationships. social media. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess you're right. Podcasting and social media and like an easy access to celebrity that we've never had before. But I yeah. do find it interesting and I like that they opened with that. Um, I'm going to skip over everything we've talked about. I, uh, I like the joke should. about Scott Bakula in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was great. Um, I was getting a little bit of Vicious vibes. Have you guys ever watched Vicious? Nope. Nope. It's... Ian McKellen and Derek Jacoby, Jacoby, who play these two old gay men who are like vicious gossips. And I was kind of getting that from Martin Short and C. Martin. Um, I immediately, you immediately know that Tim Kono is important when he walks into the elevator, right? Like oh, I wrote yeah. down, I knew the elevator guy was important before I even knew who it was. I wrote down, he's going to die. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, good call. Um, I thought Carrie might have some problems with this because there's some sad old men. Especially, it started happening with Will talking to his dad, and I really liked that Will said no because money makes things complicated, mm-hmm. and one time is fine, but multiple times 
with family. What are you going to say, Carrie? Well, I was just going to say, th- it's my fourth note. This Sad dude old man. Will- no, no, this dude will die. Oh, And then nice. after the they go back and everything, and then his body is found, it's like, yep, he died. He's dead. <laughs> um, Again, I do love the apartments. I just want to say, I the would love whole- to live in one. Yes, the production design. Like just the whole visual aspect of and the everything. costumes, like yeah, well, that yes. visual aspect They're, of everything. I, the beginning, the elevator costumes, I think, are very iconic, and that's what they used in the titles and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Perfect. I just thought that was cool. Um, I like that they talked about you fall in love with so many dead people because it was a very blunt way of saying like you get to know a lot of people's inner lives. Because they died. Well, not inner lives. You get to know all of the outward aspects of their life. I guess that's what I meant. Well, well, no. If you die and someone finds your diary, it gets read out to everyone. Like, Yeah, but let, that doesn't happen so often. Usually it's like your reflection onto yeah. everything else. But it's you know? still like every aspect of your life is looked at. We're likely all we dying in obscurity. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean... The... It's it's just like everyone else's impression of you. It's everyone else's interactions with you. It's nothing of you. It's yeah. your impact on everything else. Yeah. Still. I just that thought was it was an whole... interesting comment to have. Yeah, but that was like the whole thing about who was Tim Kono. Like, he didn't have interactions with people. So nobody knew anything about him and nobody knew who he was. Yeah. Well, people knew sad, who he was because was nobody memorial. liked him. Yeah. Well, people, yeah, I was going to say, people knew who he was because they didn't like him. But, like, you Except don't... Except for Jan, who didn't say anything because she killed him. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you don't see anything about their inner lives. Like, he had this whole other thing going on that they really had to dig into. And, like, you only know half of it because he, Mabel. like, left... Yeah, exactly, Mabel. And he left behind, like, investigative yeah. stuff. Okay. Anyway, I like that they had a handwritten recording sign exactly like the one I have at the bottom of the stairs right now. Yes. And that also everyone ignored it. Yep. Exactly like they do at the one at the bottom of the stairs right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it's up all I, the time. Yeah. I kind of love Bunny and I'm a little bit sad that she got stabbed with a knitting needle. But I think I only love her because she's such a typical like New York apartment woman who's lived there forever i think if i encountered her in real life i would be infuriated (laughs) because i feel like she's a stickler for a lot of annoying rules uh yeah katie i think maybe it's the whole thing of a magnet and the 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 two ends that are similar bounce away from (laughs) each other i mean we all know that i usually love the cranky old ladies and everything well i'm i'm just saying like in rebecca like yeah yeah if you met her in real life you guys would be too similar which too is why similar. you wouldn't like her yeah um i'm so pissed that charles doesn't tip i'm so pissed Ugh. and i'm like Fucking... you're exactly the type of liberal asshole who's like but i respect you too much that's why they put it in though i know yes. i know that's why i thought it was smart but i hate it yeah. I literally was like, oh, I don't like you as much at all anymore. And I, I that lasted, honestly, a long time. I still, <laughs> at the end, I was like, I still don't like this. Should have tipped. Should have tipped. Um, sex toy box, I literally thought it was a cat toy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was a little bothered that Tim put stolen jewelry in every single one of those books because the first thing I would do if I walked into that apartment and was looking around would be open a book. Nobody else did, though. I'm just saying. Katie, Katie, cops can't read. (laughs) (laughs) But if you see a bunch of Hardy Boys books collection, I was like, oh, this is cool. And I would like, look at them. Uh, I had a problem with how they did that whole thing, though. The books were too perfect. Like, they were lined up, like, he had put them on a, like, up against a ruler. Like, they looked fake, basically. That's the point, though. It, of her that collection was the only like books that. he had. Yeah. yeah. Conan was very neat. Well, I mean, that's not how it looks if you're living in a space. It was more of a display of a collection than it was a personal collection of books I like to read. Yeah. And there was no dust. Like, if you have a bookshelf... You have dust in a day. <laughs> you know. Yeah. My book, I don't even want to look over at my bookshelf. Yeah, don't. Um, We talked about all this. I like the idea of Splash the Musical, and I'm wondering why they haven't done it yet. Because you need a pool in the stage. I saw an excellent production of Twelfth Night where Viola falls from the ceiling at least 12 feet into this pool that was in the middle of a thrust stage, and it totally worked, and it was on Navy Pier in Chicago. So if they can do it on Navy Pier in Chicago... They can do it on Broadway. It's a pier. It didn't go into the water. I know, but like... It was a stage. Constructing a pool next to, like, when so you, like where you have all of this open There's a deep part of a pool, space. and then it had a, a shallow thing around it Carrie, so that people walked through it. I felt the same way when I found out the Titanic had a pool. No, I'm just thinking of uh, construction space. I understand that New York is small and these theaters are old. But I think it would be possible, and I would like to see it. Do you have $4 million? No, it would be a lot more than that. I was getting very Spider-Man, turn off the dark vibes. Oh, yes, yeah, splash. good God. Oh, yeah. Um, I really like the concertina. Oh, Me too. I feel like we didn't talk about Sting enough. <laughs> like, Sting was when that this. first happened, I was like, wait, Sting? They just mentioned Sting living there? And then I was like, oh, that's really funny. And then he showed up and then he played a version of himself that was like... That was cool. I thought it was just going to be a cameo at first in the elevator. And then they were like, oh my God, Sting's a murderer. <laughs> and then they brought yeah, him Yeah, I thought he wasn't the... going to be in it much more. And then he was in it a lot and more. And even a Sting lot. was given some like uh, like depth to his character where he genuinely thought that he might have accidentally talked somebody into dying by suicide and pushed up his, his performance. Yeah. yeah. And then I remembered that he was in an episode of Friends playing this a similar version of himself because do you remember that? Yes. Because Phoebe finds out that Ross, that Ben goes to the same school as Sting's kid and so Phoebe tries to get into Sting's house. Yep. And I was like I think Sting has a sense of humor about himself and I like that a lot. Me too. Also, I loved the captain's chairs in his apartment. They were beautiful. Oh, right. Um, I have a big problem with cat hair all over an apartment. Howard, clean yourself. Um, one of my laugh out loud moments was a <laughs> um, Oliver saying, Winnie, don't stand so close to staying. And then I paused and then I thought about it and I laughed out loud. Well, he did it on purpose. I know, but like it didn't hit me that that's what he was doing until honestly a cut like a minute later. And I was like, oh, my God. Okay. So <laughs> wait a minute. I thought that was funny. Um, I wasn't sure who Lucy was for a while. Um, well, you're not supposed to know. One. I know. It's um, building a sense of suspense. 
I do love the banter. I thought it was good banter. I'm skipping over a lot. How does he know that Charles can drive? He just tells Charles to drive when they pull up his car. And I was like, if you've lived in New York your whole life, you might not know how. Exactly. That's a good yeah. Um, How did Oscar know she was at her aunt's place? From his dad, probably? Summer. Probably his from dad. his dad. Well, probably I meant like dad. at that moment because he went to go see her, you know? Okay. Um, I really liked the lawn guys, and I liked that they were talking about their like the yard thirty thousand subscribers. Yeah. The oh, yard I dogs. would listen the hell out of horticulture homies. Do you have any idea how big Alex's garden is growing? I mean, um, the TV show that the detective watched growing up that was basically Inside Out. Yes. Like, right? I was like, yeah. did Inside Out just kind of take this concept? Um. I like that they talked about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar because he wrote a Sherlock Holmes story that won awards. He's a cool And I think that's dude. cool. Yeah, nice. he's he's awesome. It was a nice tie-in to the mystery situation. Um, I fully was like trying to figure out Angel and I thought that Zoe was working for Angel and then the ring was on her when she fell and she was doing all this fencing and I went very into it and none of it was true. <laughs> um, I thought about none of that. <laughs> Um, I was sad that Mabel decided to pull away for a while, but I understood why, because of the whole true crime stories are true to someone aspect of it. I love that she had a stand-up of Stabler in her apartment. I thought it was really funny. Did they ever explain why they all shared a tattoo, other than that they were friends? It was Uh, the the title of one of the Hardy Boys. Oh, 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 that makes sense. I was like, why the whale tattoo? Also, her middle school would have been like 2004. Would you really make physical albums? Yes. Yes. Like that though? Katie, and not just like the ones that you slip photos in? The scrapbook that I sent you a picture of like less than a week ago is a scrapbook just like that and it was made in 2007. Okay then. I was wrong. Um, Keeping that for posterity. I really just loved the episode with theo i did think theo might have been protecting teddy and then teddy might have been protecting theo um <laughs> i liked the sexy scrabble scene <laughs> yes I thought that was pretty funny oh yeah that was amazing and i really think it was kind of cool that they still included the other people just not speaking and furthering some storylines yeah um i thought i just wrote did she jump and then I wrote, oh, no. And then I wrote double, oh, no. Because I did feel terrible for Theo. It was accidental manslaughter. But, like, I do think he probably wouldn't have served time because it was an accident. Yeah. Like, she kept shoving him. And he just, you know, she just they fell were, off balance. They were struggling and she fell right. over. I only accidentally killed her when I was trying to get back my stolen property. I know. I was like, I, I, I get why his dad was like took over the situation but i just felt really uh, felt yeah bad. me too i really did not want it to be him no like he just liked a girl yeah yeah he's and a she very likable character 100 percent. and i like that she was kind of a bitch to him and then literally said i'm sorry for doing it. like she recognizes that she's doing it which doesn't excuse behavior but it's nice to see it um yeah approached i really really do like the detective a lot i thought that was cool her and her 
partner. I don't know if they were married. A wife. Did she say wife? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think they so. said they were married. I wrote keyholes and three exclamation points. Does anyone know why? Nope. When they were nope. picking locks? No, it's during episode eight. Okay. <laughs> well, the, the keyholes were very important for some reason. Um, I love Marv's outfit. Do you see the one fan guy? When he, the guy who wore the cool hat, like the fedora, had a very sparkly shirt and a like sequin tie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I I I was like, oh, the Demuses did not kill Tim, but they're just um, jewelry people. I wrote LOL at Martin's short face off because of the double. Oh my god, that's what it is. I was I was like, why did I do this? Why didn't that we was... talk more about the stunt double? Oh yeah. What happened to His them? reaction to seeing the stunt double was the other <laughs> laugh out loud moment for me. It was great. Like the, the when she, he sees Jane Lynch, who is Steve Martin's stunt double in the fake TV show that he was on. And Incredible. he Yes, and and he was like <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with you. I know you've obviously gotten work done and it looks terrible. I know that's not the first thing you should say. And then he like touches her face and <laughs> screams when Steve Martin talks like from across the room. <laughs> it just was really funny. And I liked it a lot. That was um, so great. Like what a great thing to introduce. I think it was good. It was a great introduction because we've wrapped up this huge big storyline about the jewels. And it was like, okay, what now? This there's still two episodes left and bringing that kind of fresh because she's also very smart. Like, yeah, she was like, one of you jerk offs did it. I loved calling people jerk offs. I think it's really funny. Yeah. Um, I like the bassoon. It's just a good instrument. It's a good sound. I, it was kind of sad to see the relationships kind of crumble at the end, even though you knew it probably wouldn't last. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. That's when I first started thinking about Jan, when she told him not to come, I was like, does she even play for the symphony? Maybe she's going somewhere else. And then I was like, something's happening. And then I wrote, oh, and then I wrote, no. And then I like that Tim Kono, it's the, I it's, I think I'm starting to come around to people talking to the screen, even though I normally hate it. When he turned to us at the beginning of this last episode, mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. I, I had a little bit of a problem I just have a little bit of a problem with it being Jan, only because it brings up a scorned woman aspect that I sometimes find annoying or tiring. She um, wasn't scorned, though. She was like, I like the power when I am the most important person in the world to somebody because I'm about to kill them. No, he broke up with her and then she decided to kill him. Well, there yeah, was- but I feel like it sounded like they implied that she did it more than those two times. I agree. I do think she's probably killed multiple times, but... It was very obvious there is something mentally wrong with her. Yeah. Like, there, she's she got, has she, issues. I was so surprised because I was like, did she actually shoot him? And she, like, fully did with no reaction. Yeah. After the poisoning. Like, she is unwell. And I think this actress did such a great job first of all of playing like the sympathetic like really cute like the holly character in the office yeah and then like just twisting it ever so much to be so sinister and wrong you know the the best description i think that can sum that up is 
she started her relationship with Steve Martin's character with a pun saying, see you sooner or later, which I genuinely laughed at. (laughs) And she said the exact same pun with this very similar cadence when she left him for dead. Yeah. And you could tell, like, the character meant it. They said the pun, not to be cruel, but just because, you know. She, she thought it was But funny. sooner or later. She was done with him. She's like, I, I, I have just... exercised my full power. And I kind of like that it was backed by the Sting song. Yeah. Like, that <laughs> whole sequence. <laughs> um, I did have a big problem when Arnav came out and was like, my daughter's feeling lightheaded. And they were like, oh, gas. And then they didn't tell him to get out of the building because your child might be gas poisoned. I was so mad. I was like, pull the fire alarm. Get everybody out. Like, there. what if it was, like, methane and she was going to blow up the building? Like, get out. I thought she was going to blow up the building. She was going to blow up the building. No, I thought it was was carbon carbon monoxide. Yeah. I did think she was going to blow up their apartment, that it was just their apartment. I didn't realize it was everyone's until he came out. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. That's kind of drastic. That's a big drastic step. But I guess if three people know the truth now, that was kind of her finish thing thing. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. Everybody in my apartment except for me died. Right. Me, Jan. I mean, not everybody would have been in their apartment that night. Yeah, sorry. Everybody in my apartment except for the diamond thief and his son. No, there are. I mean, people go out at night. It would and also it would have not been blamed on her probably it would have been blamed on a leak like if a she had gone down to clean up yeah accident well i'm pretty sure if they looked at the setup of the you know tubes yeah yeah, yeah the tubes right. down there it was pretty deliberate well like katie was saying if she went down and like uh, yeah i was saying like she would have to i was thinking out back. loud but she would have had to go in after everyone was dead and like take them out that's a bit gotcha. but like before people had started to investigate yeah yeah are those all your notes katie um just my last one was like oh no bunny also i'd totally forgotten that that's where we started the whole show i did like, too i was totally like oh what loose ends is she talking about i was about. waiting for that I yeah, mean, me yeah i was like there are i loose ends like i had forgotten about that i was like i don't really know there might have been some smaller loose ends. Like, we didn't quite under- get some answers on things, but... Maddie and Mac, do you guys watch the thing in the beginning where they, like, do recap the previously on? Yes. No, I purposefully skipped those to okay. save time. Me too. And the theme song. I watch them. D- but they, did they have the bunny thing in the beginning of the episode? No. Okay. No. They did have uh, some stuff about Lucy, wanna- which is why I was like, oh, that's going to come back around. I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to take the baton from Katie and I'm going to answer her last note with my last note, which was I was genuinely kind of pissed off at the cliffhanger at the end of this series because they started with that cliffhanger almost as kind of a promise of intrigue. As if to say, like, hey, you know, at some point in this show, one of the main characters is going to be covered in blood. This tie dyed body is going to be directly in front of them. And the cops are going to be swarming in, right? What's all this about? Stick around to find out. And we don't find out. The cliffhanger at the beginning of the season is also the cliffhanger at the end of the season. 
We That's don't ex- find any of the answers they promised us. That is exactly what happened in the Marcella episode, except it was just a singular episode. It starts in one place and ends in the same place. Yeah, I'm fine with it being one episode. This was a whole series. I have a question. Season. Carrie, you've, you watched the whole first season of Marcella. Yes. Does that bathtub scene happen near the end of the season or in the middle? In the timeline? Uh, Do you remember? It's pretty much right there. Like, the... Um, okay, so never mind then chronologically where that episode ends it then moves forward in the second episode interesting so then this mac yeah i didn't i wasn't as mad because i forgot it happened and then i went oh yeah and mm-hmm. i was a little bit annoyed because they were not picked up for season two until very recently Come so on. i know i guess if the actors were still in they would they would do it all right. Mac, um, do your notes. So going through my notes, one, I did love that Cindy Canning's sponsors included the Center for Dissolving the Federal Reserve, the Royal Crown Prince of Dubai, and viewers like you. Yeah. <laughs> I did think there was some very pointed commentary. Do you think that was aimed at like at like cereal and stuff like that? Yeah. It might have just been the, the whole notion. jokes about like the podcasting world, like, oh, we were just bought for thirty million dollars. Like Yeah. Okay. All right, next, I was actually, like, do you guys think that the Brazo story actually is his, like, about his mother and father? Yeah, probably. Really? I think so. I I did kind of wonder about it afterwards still, though, whether it was true or not. Like, it makes sense. Yeah, I guess. But it still feels weird for, like, his main stuff. I don't know. Uh, I next. Mean, it would be... It makes sense for him to use that speech to try to be vulnerable with somebody else because it's something that he had already committed time to, um, practiced, and, you know, had decided to reveal previously, and then he wouldn't have to expose himself any more than he already had. All right. Um, Next up, so I know that objectively... If you think about it too hard, it's kind of horrifying. But there was something somewhat funny in Oliver Putnam's PTSD scene about Splash the Musical. Because on one hand, you got all the like, you got all the usual like PTSD flashback aspects of the scene where like he has a hollow stare off and he has a monotonous voice talking about like this horrible thing that happened in his past. And you hear the screaming and splatting. But also you do hear like Splash the Musical, the musical going on in the background. Yep. I wrote, oh my God, Thwop. And I didn't remember why. (laughs) So I didn't mention it. Ha! It's his monologue about the poor actor. Everything, everything. Out of the stage. <laughs> See, I, it's technically horrifying, but also it's fun when you think like they kept jumping one after another, even after they saw what happened. And he's like, <laughs> chorus lines, you know, one after the other, man. Chorus boys no. stick together. Yeah, that was great. That was like such a great line. Oh, yes. Yeah. I did like a lot of the inside baseball theater stuff, mm-hmm. like the Sondheim and the carousel. And yeah. All right. So next up, did Jan poison the dog? Oh, that was one of the loose ends I was thinking about. Yeah, she did. Do you think she did? Yeah. Okay. She left that note. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I guess she left a note for herself. Yep. I did like that. I did not expect Steve Martin to be like, have 
suspected her earlier until yeah. I saw the notes. I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. That's Switcheroo. Yeah. Uh, so one of the scenes that I remember most vividly was when Charles asked one of his neighbors about an odd connection that he had with Cindy Canning trying to get a meeting. Because on one hand, I the first scene, when he was asking the guy, I was like, this is so fucking awkward. This would be like me asking my dentist about his niece who might know, like, I don't know, some fucking celebrity that I want to meet up with. But then the scene immediately afterwards has them in her office, and I was like, well, I guess that technically works. Mac, that's right. how rich people get and keep their money. I was going to say, it feels very New York celebrity, like, Elite. names upon names. Mm-hmm. Inside, yeah. inside, inside. Next, there is this one quote from episode four that kind of hit with me. And I can't remember who actually said it, but we're all trying to recreate the dynamic of our first wound so we can change the ending. That was Jan. She was talking about something her therapist told her. And I thought the exact same thing. I wrote it down, too. Nice. I didn't even think about that with her now being the murderer. That's true. That's a good point oh shit is she trying to recreate her first wound aka seeing someone she loved kill someone else or be being left behind being chosen second she did tell charles that was a trigger for her oh fuck why you guys all right (laughs) that's her whole thing is recreating that scenario and then changing the ending So I genuinely thought when she was having that discussion with Oscar in his car about how she desperately wanted to kill somebody by knitting needle, Mm -hmm. I thought that somehow Oscar would be killed by knitting needle just because of the tie-dye hoodie. And I remember that from the first episode. But, I mean, the final episode came around and it was Bunny who died by knitting needle, but she was also wearing one of the tie-dye promotional hoodies. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm also confused by. And God fucking damn it, I'm probably going to watch the second season, all right? Well, of course. I mean, yeah, I'm going to. God damn it. Even if we're not podcasting about it. If they had tied everything up, Mac, and had left no loose ends, and still had a second season, would you not have watched? I would have watched it if they had tied up all the loose ends. Because it's a good show. That's what she's saying. So no matter what. But they didn't tie up the loose ends. Why was Bunny in Mabel's apartment? Who stabbed her? Why was she wearing promotional merchandise for a podcast she didn't like? This is exactly what a whodunit is all about. Whodunits are about answering one question. Who is Tim Kono? <laughs> no. Who was Tim Kono? Closer, but no. Don't okay. care. Keep going with your notes. Moving right along. I loved that Mabel had a like design schooling that she was going to. It was very evident in her painting the walls of that apartment. However, I'm a little sad because there it's almost definitely going to be taken down. I'm wondering if her aunt would care. Well, I mean, the entire place is being redone. So either she repainted the walls in art that's going to stay there, or she's painting on something she knows is going to be taken down. It won't be taken down. That's the same wall that the door is on. So that's I think like that an the outer art wall. is her is gonna stay there. All right. I mean, um, 
when she basically says goodbye to Charles and Oliver, uh, one of her last words is don't do TikTok. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty funny. That would be really bad. I mean, I've seen some older people on TikTok that are great, but they usually have some interpreter. And by that, I mean a young person. Like Mandy Patinkin and his son. Yeah. Or there's a really great guy who does um, like ink pressing on an old like newspaper ink machine have you seen yeah, that guy at the, I, I can't remember i think the san diego museum i love it anyway continue uh next up um episode seven secret doors are the fucking best oh yes. god i want a secret door so fucking bad all right uh i'm also this is a note from the same episode i don't know if it's just the fact that he, he voiced timon or that he's short, or that I'm six foot and decently built, I don't think I'd be afraid if Teddy Demas threatened my life. I don't know. Money money means things. I was going to say, money he means has things, money. It's not going to be But also, to, he doesn't like, have henchmen. Yeah, okay. You know of. I don't know what henchmen... Okay, so all we know of is that this operation is comprised of two people. We Teddy don't know that. and Theo. We don't know Probably that. Probably comprised of two people, Teddy and Theo. There was I don't that know, guy. them. There was the guy who was like pushing the little trolley of all the urns. Like he maybe works he's for in a on funeral it. He gets home. the jewelry. He could be in on and it. And then who hawks the jewelry? There's a whole second half to that network. Yeah. I know, but if he was going to threaten somebody, I'd assume he'd have somebody threatening with him. If it's just me and Nathan Lane in a room and he points at my chest and he says, you watch it, Buster, or I'm going to get your ass, I'd just be like, thank you, Timon, for your service to this country. Yes, that's because you know him as Timon. And not as a very rich, very mysterious dip store owner Sandwich in your building. Sandwich owner. <laughs> Sandwich you want to shop. take that again a little bit more threatening this time? <laughs> Sandwich shop. Anyway. I mean, if a very, very rich person threatens me, I know that they have access to resources I don't have. Yeah, fair. Um, so next up, uh, one of my... Uh, I did not expect a stunt lady, and honestly, that's my lack of imagination. Yep. I thought on- the jokes there were very funny. The jokes there were amazing. The fact that the stunt lady was mirroring all of his images, even just like outside of any scenes. It was beautiful. Crossing the same legs, crossing arms, like pushing up the glasses. They do that when they're looking at the murder wall. And like, it's, it's kind of similar just to the, the thing about pushing daisies that we talked about, about how there are like these small little throwaway things that like, just make everything so much better. Like, they didn't have to film that exact shot where, like, you see them kind of, like, in landscape and then have them do the exact same motion at the exact same time and, like, completely mirroring each other. But it is so, like, that one second is so great. Yeah. All right. And my final note, I can't believe none of us have mentioned it yet. Gut milk. (laughs) Oh. So what 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 I'm referring to is at some point earlier on in the season, they needed to get an access to all of the complaints against Tim Kono in the building. And in order to do that, they needed to go to the building's not super manager. She's a building manager, Ursula. The building manager for the Arconia, who also tends to fall for a lot of multi-level management schemes. Marketing. And likes pushing them. 
on multi-level marketing schemes and pushing them on other people. And one of the ones that she had was called Gut Milk. Uh, first things first, I knew for a fact that they had roughly a dozen cases, and at $250 each, that would be $3,000. So that's how much they had to spend for some of the juicy stuff, I guess. It's a lot. Which I mean, maybe that's up. partly why the three thirty-five k was necessary. <laughs> which, you know, I'm surprised the loud sex he was having didn't make the list, but I guess some stuff was uh, falling off to the wayside. That's true. Next... It was described as like a probiotic milkshake, like protein shake, that was also 12% alcohol by volume. 13. 13%, even better. Um, so folks at home and my sisters watching, yeah. uh, we're all going to be part of a little experiment because I have right here in front of me um, a, a, a nutrient, uh, a, a nutrient, hold up. Uh, you record is there a way to record this i don't fucking know and i don't care so right now i have eight ounces of this like nutritional like prebiotic which is i guess a fancy way of just another multi-level marketing thing um of shake and i have roughly as much grain alcohol as would be necessary to make it about 13 percent alcohol by volume so okay. folks at home we're all going to be part of this little experiment together uh, um, first things first, I leave my body to science. And second thing second, as my favorite redheaded lesbian scientist once told me, take chances, make mistakes, get messy. Oh, I hate this. <laughs> That's actually not bad. Is it curdling? It's not curdling. Okay, it's a non-dairy. Oh. You don't have to actually put milk if you put milk on the title. Finish it. Okay. Not bad, actually. Okay. What I genuinely of... thought that would be a bad time. Hold up the bottle you used. <laughs> uh, should I cover up the label? I just want to know like what flavor it is. Oh, it's uh, very vanilla. Ooh. See, that's like a milkshake. That's like a mudslide. Right? I honestly thought it would be pretty, but I guess now I know what to do with my moonshine. <laughs> just mix it with milk. I can't, th I couldn't think of anything to do with my moonshine just because it's, it's fucking moonshine. It yeah. can strip the paint off of anything, but now apparently I just have to mix it with my protein drinks. Done and done. Amazing. I, I did think it was so funny. <laughs> I did think that the it was funny that they thing, kept drinking The it. first time I barfed from being hungover was after a night of like all milk based drinks. Ew. So I would not want that. This is I, the worst thing that could have happened to me. <laughs> I've thrown up on uh, I've thrown up milk based alcohol drinks too. Honestly, I'm right there with you. But this, weirdly, pretty good. Still don't like it. Alright, <laughs> what's your next note? I That's think that, was all. that little experiment was my was my finito. Carrie hit us. Okay. All right. Uh I really love Winnie, obviously. Um the I loved how the apartments of each person kind of like reflected who they are. 
Like, Oliver's is, like, super messy and dramatic. Like, he has, like, ivory columns and also red velvet drapes and a stage in his apartment. Yeah. Uh, Charles's Lots is, of like... paneling and... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Charles's is, like, everything is neat and orderly and exact and patterned. And he but had... But has taste and color. Yes, exactly. He had a thing, like, a, a little poster on the wall... That said, nice, comma, hot vegetables. <laughs> did anyone else see that? No. It was amazing. No. Well, yes, I actually, did. I did. Nice, nice, hot vegetables. Hot vegetables. It was, it was so fun. And then Mabel's obviously is her aunt, but like, it is just, you know, She's at structures. a transitional period yeah, of her life, like representation of what she's. It's like, founda- it's like the foundation is bared. You know, just like she is. And I really loved that. Like, just great. So good, the people who did this. Um, Tina Fey has a really good podcast voice. Like, she got the inflections so down. Like, really, She's reminding me of Phoebe Judge a little bit. I haven't listened to any of Phoebe Judge. Okay, well, those out there. Yeah. It just, it was, it was, she did a very good job. Um, She did. Good job. (laughs) One of the things that Mabel says when they're leaving the table at the apart, at the diner or restaurant after the alarm, she's surprised by winning and is like, that's a real dog. (laughs) That was very funny. That was a fun scene. I liked it. Yeah. Like how they all just come together. Like It's a weird New York thing of like, yeah, we don't. It's like a polite, we don't talk to our neighbors, but we'll also protect them. Like, I don't know. Kind of thing. It was fun. Um, His son has a very nice house. Oliver's son. Oh, yeah. I really want a good omelet right now. After seeing him make so many. That whole process was very sad of him making the omelet and then just dumping it in the trash because it was something he used to make for Lucy. Um, this is really funny right now. They have a better, ha- better handle on episode time than we do because their episodes are right around like 40 minutes. <laughs> They're also produced and cut together, whereas ours is just a stream of consciousness talking. That's true. Whatevs. We didn't plan any of this, folks. <laughs> well, I mean, I planned the gut milk. Damn, I kind of want to make another one. Hold up. Please do not do that right now. We're podcasting. Fine. Maddie's already really impatient. Maddie with checked us. out like an hour ago. Yeah, for real. Um, even though I, this is an, a very special episode. Okay, so this is episode in episode three. I wrote down the quote: "DJing a Hobbit's wedding." <laughs> Who said that and why? I don't know. I don't remember, but that's funny. Um, it was because I feel like it was um Mabel saying that about the was it a concertina. Oh, it, um, yes. it, it was Martin Short saying it about the concertina. Oh, gotcha. And I, I love the concertina. I like, like I, the concertina. That was really good. And I'm, I'm pretty sure Steve Martin was actually playing all of those instruments because he is very oh, good yeah. at playing instruments. Oh, he yes. can pick them up and, and play them pretty I know much immediately. for a fact he plays the accordion. So the our concertina is probably like nothing. Similar. Also, and banjo. Yeah, he yeah. plays the banjo like perfectly. Really good at the banjo. 
He's very good at that. So that whole thing about Charles and his dad being able to pick up almost any instrument and play it, that's oh, real life for Steve Martin. Oh, interesting. Uh, I loved Oliver's car. What did he, Aphrodite? Is that what he called yeah. her? Yeah, I Aphrodite. think so. Uh, it was so perfect and cute and like absolutely encapsulates a time. And the fact that he maintained a parking space in New York City. Like, if he had just leased that out, he would have been fine. Like, oh my God, right? He, he probably could have paid for his apartment. That's what I'm saying. Like, you get rid of the car that you haven't driven in 25 years, and yeah. all your problems are solved. But, like, he's got a whole thing about identity. It's still identity. a part of his identity. And yeah, it's who he is. And blah, blah, blah. I that hated, splash thing, really, yeah. I hated Oscar's mustache and little chin thing. Other than that, Soup's cute. He was really cute. Especially he after giving, he off. reminded me of, um, the, of, a. Uh, oh, God, Peter, what's his face? From 12 Gabriel. Boys. <laughs> Not Peter Gabriel. Oh, Noah Centineo. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, like definitely. I first saw him and I was like, I get these vibes, but I wasn't sure if it was just because it's like another teen. I guess they're not teens, he's like thirty. Probably, yeah. Ish. Um they were very irresponsible by not telling the police like about the jewelry that they found. Oh. Oh yeah. So many yeah. things that they should have done. And that makes me wonder about the detective was talking about the talk screen not being done and the phone not being processed and like why not that was her i think she said it was she was like thinking about too much like no. she forgot to i don't think so no because I, th- I got the same vibe that Katie did, that mm. she was, like, distracted or something. She was like, this should have been sent to IT. Because when she came back, because they're about to have a baby, so yeah. she's got a lot on her mind about this job, about what her wife wants, about what they're doing. And I think she implied that she just forgot to send it out. I got the impression that there was, like, higher-ups or somebody, like, kiboshed those um, parts of the investigation and when we thought it was the Demises, I was like, oh, oh stuff. yeah. But apparently I got a, a different impression than most people. <laughs> and then episode five is where I was like, maybe Tim really did die by suicide. But that was right underneath me writing, I wonder if it was Oscar's dad. <laughs> so it was just <laughs> me wondering a lot of things. Just kind of wondering things. Um, Maddie, the dinner scene with mabel and her mom did she say that mabel had nightmares is that what made mabel leave okay it's wild that such a an ugly building on the outside can contain so many beautiful things on the inside just makes you think you thought the building was ugly on the outside just like me (laughs) (laughs) i liked the building i thought it was very classic it was Very... just, it looked so gross. It was just like. You're talking about the Arconia? Blah. Yeah, like the outside of the building. Oh, I fully disagree with you. The All right. I get where Carrie's coming from. It's architecture. Just, it's like a block. Yeah. It's a clean white building with some cool architecture. The, all the cool stuff's on the inside. 
I don't agree with you. Um, if they, in their podcast, talk about things that are not known to the police and that they've, like, kind of messed around with, couldn't they be prosecuted for obstruction? If the case is already closed. But Jan was caught on record. So they probably couldn't use some of the things and they probably should have been, like, prosecuted, but... I mean, the this case, is not yeah, real Yeah, Max, life. right. The case was closed. So, so all now, the stuff with Tim Kono is just kind of like, they're talking about a closed case now. But they, they basically like broke it. into his apartment and took stuff. Yeah. That's not okay. And they went to the trash and took stuff. That's okay. <laughs> um, I really liked the tree of life in Mabel's bedroom. And I don't think that the coin that Teddy was talking about looked gold. It looked more like silver. I agree. Yeah. Um, there was a point where Martin Short was like eating hummus with like a fork, and that was like that made me gag. That's his thing. It's like he just eats dip. <laughs> I love that, but you need to eat a dip with something. No, he just eats dip, Carrie. He I just can't eats bowls of dip. <laughs> I can't do with that. That's just too much for me. Of dip. Ugh. Just tzatziki. I mean, and hummus. I dip garlic is salt. Is salsa a soup? No. Ah! (laughs) It's basically gazpacho. There are cold soups. I just made a really great soup today, you guys. I'm really proud of you. I ate an expired soup today, so that might be how I die. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Do you also leave your body to science? (laughs) Um, No, I want to be just thrown in a hole. Okay. Want to be on one of those uh, body farms? No, there's no. a body farm, and then there's a like. I want to go back to nature and be thrown in a hole. Oh, okay. yeah, that kind of thrown. In remember a hole. when Mac? It... Do you remember when you used to want to be a skeleton? Jesus put into the ocean? Christ! What do you mean used to? What do you mean used to be? I, I, think I don't Mac want still to be a skeleton be... in the ocean anymore. You wa- he wants to be defleshed and um, <laughs> dressed put in a pirate <laughs> outfit. I forgot about the pirate. Put... And posed oh, underwater. In the body posed anymore. in the ocean. <laughs> I goddamn amazing. It. Okay. Yeah, hey, by the way, don't put anything expensive with my body. I don't give a shit about grave robbers, but I also don't give a shit about like taking things with me. I'm dead. I'm somewhere else. I thought this we're is burning. A flesh you. I mean, sure, burn me. Why not? You'll regret that in the afterlife when you're all poor and all these other people have their fake, have their cool cats and monies. Stuff. Um, episode. I can't believe that because that means Jeff Bezos is gonna be like a pharaoh afterlife. Only if he's buried with that. it all. Only he's, if he's probably gonna like send his ashes to space. Yeah, and then oh. he'll be like in the higher plane, just moneyless, and voila. No, I'm I'm thinking I want Jeff Bezos to be like shot into space, and oh. then he can just float away like in Ooh. gravity, which I haven't seen. But yeah, but yeah, that's what he can cannon. do. No, okay. but yeah, like with his ashes, but then he's still sentient, and then he has to stay there forever, <laughs> I'm alone in a void. Yeah, more like Jeff Bozos. Alone, am I right? Alone. Unloved us. No, what is that? Alone, unheard, unloved, lonely. Uh, Are you talking about Captain Hook? Yeah, yeah. Old, alone, done for. There we go. <laughs> um. Anyway, so the episode with Theo. The actor is actually deaf, um, which is really cool. His I was wondering is, about that. Yeah, James Caverly. 
good. Um, so that was cool. I thought it was interesting. Nathan Lane seemed less fluent with ASL, and I wonder if that was a choice because he would have wanted. I feel like he was he would be someone. It is true that a lot of parents don't learn ASL of deaf children. I think that happens less now, but it used to happen more. And he would just expect him to learn to read lips. Like, the whole scene with him in the headphones was very indicative of, like, I just want you to be able to hear so I don't have to do all this extra stuff. I don't think it was, like, you're inconveniencing me. I think it was, like, I'm really sad for you and I want I think your it life was both. to be good. I think it was both. No. Okay, never mind then. Um, I loved... Jane Lynch. Ugh. So good. Oh. Mm-mm. I loved um, her little label box of all the, the pills that j- just said Jan's little toxins. <laughs> little toxins. Ugh. I did think that was funny. Um, so she poisoned him with the handkerchief. Is that what we're supposed to understand? There was in the handkerchief. Yeah. I... I think there was something in the handkerchief that was poisonous. I don't know if it was like through skin contact or like chloroform, inhaling. mucus membranes, inhalation. I was like, is it like chloroform? But that's she not said deadly. she was trying different things, and that was like, yeah, but I like, don't think it was chloroform. Maybe that's why he didn't die. Because yeah. Tim yeah. Kono died. Like pretty, like he walked out of his apartment and then pretty much started convulsing. Yeah. Um. Later, Mabel says that, that he needs to get his stomach pumped, but that wouldn't have helped with that poison. Well, she didn't know. That's also true. Yeah, I don't she had she no knew. idea how he was poisoned. Um, They talk about not being able to use their fireplaces because of Tim Kono, but Oliver definitely turns his on in the first episode. Yes! I thought the same thing. They're not supposed to use their fireplaces. But, like, I thought that meant that they were disabled. Like, the venting or whatever. Like, because didn't she say, Jan said that that's how she was able to, like, access everyone's apartments with the carbon monoxide is because the fireplaces were re-engaged. Yes. I think you have found a loophole or a mistake. Ha ha! Congratulations to you. Um, I'm curious, like, again, more questions about just the end of the show. This is my, the last note I wrote was like, we don't know who texted them. We don't know who told them to get out of the building. We don't know why they would have to get out of the building. Is there something wrong with the building? I I was wondering if someone was trying to blame Mabel only and not the two of them. So it wanted them to leave, but they're caring for Mabel or someone was trying to kill Bunny and then going to explode the building anyway. No. No. Basically, well, I, I was like, they didn't want them, the two of them to get in trouble, just Mabel. Which, but then they were like, oh, we have to go tell Mabel to get out. I bet it's Oscar's dad. Um, yeah. Okay, that's it for me. Maddie! Right. I've Maddie, got... Bring us uh, home! Oh, hey, Tina Fey. Um, <laughs> and then when she uh, was having those dreams about waking up and stabbing somebody who was attacking her. Um, I had, like, I took self-defense in college and I did fantasize about beating up somebody trying to attack me. (laughs) Just being like, you don't know what you're in for. Yeah. 
In reality, I probably could not have beaten anybody up, but but in your brain, in your head, I imagined. Um, dog and stroller. I love this dog. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> then I said I wouldn't be surprised if Steve Martin could pick locks. I feel like he's kind of like a jack of all trades kind of person in my brain, and he's that really good. I wouldn't be surprised. He's Depends really good on the at lock. It's close up magic. Oh yeah, I yeah. forgot about that. I originally thought that Oliver was falling off his son's porch so he could sue him for the money <laughs> when he was doing that weird like bounce thing. That scared the crap Not out of me. Like half a oh, second, yeah. I was right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, bro, the old. I don't know what that means. <laughs> bro, the old. I don't bro know. Bro, the old. Um, I said I do dislike text. When they were like, young people don't like us calling them. Mm. Or, oh. or, sorry, I do dislike getting calls. calls. I was like, wait, yeah. no, I would, I'd prefer I would text. Rather I, a text. I don't I want answer text. my phone at all. I yeah. literally yeah. will text people before, like, is it okay if I call you? Because I don't want to. Yeah. Like, the other day, I had to ask Carrie a question. It was too much to, like, text through. So I was like, text her. Can I call you? Yeah. yeah. And if I don't want to talk to her, I'll just ignore it. <laughs> and like, then it's okay. fine <laughs> yeah um and i knew that the tie-dye guy was oscar um and uh yeah Did as you? soon as they revealed it to be oscar i was like boom <laughs> knew it was oscar uh they were very rude to that gas station um uh, yeah cashier another one of yeah. those liberal situations it was very yeah mean. not cool I Ugh, like the look that he gave him. Milk. Um, I <laughs> laughed out loud at the Scrabble game when she put wet. I was like, ha! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it was just really funny to watch. Yeah. Those yeah. two old people slowly spell out sexy-ish things on Scrabble. <laughs> Which I loved statistically her. is not very likely they'd be able to do. I loved her. Yeah. yeah, I know, right? Like her faces whenever he would put like, scary. <laughs> She's like obviously <laughs> trying to be flirty. That was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I said, how, talking about Zoe, how can she be mad he wants the ring that she stole from him? Right. Yeah, I was a little bit. That was weird. She's she's a complicated girl, woman. Yes. Um, girl. I said, this makes me terribly uncomfortable because I knew it wasn't, um, Demas, um, like, who killed Tim Kono. Yeah. And I was like, I know that there are a couple more episodes left. And if they're trying to close this case now, it is very bad for Detective Williams. Um, it was just, yeah, I was very uncomfortable with like them trying to wrap it up and not knowing kind of how that would end up. Yeah. yeah. Just one of these days, I want them to end it on like season six of an eight episode thing. But then the final two episodes are just like them playing Parcheesi. Yeah. Nah. To kind of throw off the notion of That happened of, like, in something. Didn't that happen in more. Buffy? There's one season where they beat the big bad in like the second to last episode. And then the last episode was like dreams or something. Yes, it was the one where they kept getting visions of the first Slayer. And that one guy who was overly obsessed about an arrangement of cheese. Oh, the cheese. Yeah. I was getting that vibe because I I was like, wait, you're putting out your last podcast episode right now? This doesn't bode well. That was season four after they beat Adam. Oh, right. That was a weird... Weird time. Yeah. 
Um, and my last note is, oh no, there's more. Oh no, Bunny's gonna be a killer. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting that she was like, you're the most hated person in the building. And yeah, I killed. feel like that um, you're a, a bitch comment is gonna come back in season two. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Someone definitely heard that. I mean, um, and it, it might be right, but... Yeah. But, but it's what are y'all's stabs and stars? Wait. I'll go first. Mine Katie needs are... to go to the PBS. PBS. Oh, okay. PBS. Um, I did everyone in the whole show who had, like, some people didn't have really a name that was said much. Like, Amy was the um, Asian woman who was friends with Uma, who would, like, talk to each other. But she had b- multiple lines in multiple episodes. So, um, I pretty much counted everyone. And it was 21 men and 17 women. So not too bad. Not the worst. Especially it's considering... It's been worse. Yeah, that, like two of the main characters are just bachelors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. And cool. one dog and one cat who dies. And one <laughs> and who dies. Poor leg. <laughs> that old leg thing was very funny to me. It was great. <laughs> yeah. He pulls out. He's like, it's warm now. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear what howard called the new cat he called it sevelin yeah yeah seven evelyn the seventh sevelin <laughs> yeah um Great. all right katie since you were doing the pbs go with your stabs and stars stabs uh eight i think there's a lot of red herrings and a lot of things but i was even though i watched it in like three blocks like, I did the first six, and then I did three, and then I did the last one. Um, I had a lot of questions, and they answered a lot of them. But I do think that there were a, almost too many red herrings. Like, there was a lot of stuff to do with the jewelry and whatever. And when you find out it has nothing to do with Tim Kona, I was a little bit like, okay, I guess you had to fill time. Katie, So that's exactly what, what happens on a podcast. I know. <laughs> and it happens in a lot of things. So that's why I was like, I'm still giving it eight. But... um. For us figuring out it was Jan, there was not a ton, unless you know what a obo or I mean a bassoon cleaner looks like, you would probably not know for a long time. Man, I wonder if somebody like immediately clocked that. I mean, somebody probably did. I know, like, there's got to be a bassoon player. Every bassoonist would know. Yeah. Which kind of is a bummer, but also interesting. When you first, like you're just watching Jan the whole time. Probably. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so eight stabs. I want to say nine stars. I think the acting was great. The design was great. The writing was good. The music was fun. I like that they took, they didn't take it so seriously. Like the Sting storyline was really funny. Like, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was great. Cool. Mac. Uh, Mac. Uh, I I would say eight stabs because I agree with all the stuff that Katie just said. I'm going to give it eight stars just because I take points away for using a cliffhanger to lure us in and then using the same cliffhanger to lure us into the second season. I look forward to the end of the second season when they use the same cliffhanger. (laughs) I think 8.5 stabs and 10 stars. Nice. Woo. I'm going with seven stabs and eight stars. My reasons are my own. <laughs> and I, one last thing. I loved all of Selena Gomez's outfits. 
They were really cool. Oh, God. Um, yes. Yeah, Envious. I liked a lot of the outfits. Martin Short's coat. Was well, great. yeah. That purple thing. Women's fashions can go a lot more different directions than men's. For the most and part. Hey, guys. Uh, Steve Martin was a, a, a white dude wearing a hat, and it didn't seem pretentious about it. Seemed a little pretentious. I thought it was a, a little He was... I thought he was pretentious, but not because of the hat. You know what? You're right. It was like his whole vibe. It was an old man yeah. hat. Okay, Maddie, you'd continue with your end um, of the I, I was just going to say, if you wanted to, you know, follow us on social, you can find us at Mostly Murder Pod. And if you want to email us, it is mostly murder, but sometimes not at gmail.com. And if you want to look at our website, it is mostly murder, but sometimes not.com. And if you want to watch what we're going to watch or what we watched in the past and are putting out next, it is <laughs> Hound of the Baskervilles. 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 <laughs> Hound of the Baskervilles in 1959. Uh, and that's it. And goodbye. Cool. Thank you for joining us. Hope you watched Thanks the show and also liked it. Episode. Yeah. Truly, nobody really understood what kind of malicious thoughts were in Katie's head until what happened next. This is where we add the concertina. Do, do, do.